The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. The conferences where everyone is sort of there like bees bumbling around, the intention of the event is to network, but not to create intimate connection. Like that is a very lonely place for me as well. As a photographer, I catch that a lot. Like yeah. people holding their drinks very nervously <laughs> or pretending that they're on their phone, like to kind of show a little bit, oh, I'm busy. A safe distance? Yeah. Because yeah. I think this is the paradox. Although we long for connection, it's scary, as it's scary as fuck. So we protect ourselves. So the paradox is whatever it is that we want and desire, we're also at the same time afraid of it. <laughs> It's a wonderful chaos Beautifully random Messy and glorious Solo or tandem We work to find rest And fight to find peace Both head and the heart Like a nephew and me What are we doing here? You mean listening to this show? Where the more that you learn Is the less that you know Where the wounded are healer And the atheist pray? It's a wonderful chaos And we like it that way It's a wonderful chaos Uh, ask me again, Andy. What's the name of the show, Bambos? It, it's either feeling lonely okay. or feeling loneliness as an experience. Like, those are my two interpretations. Okay, so we're going to be feeling lonely today. When you're feeling lonely, it's such a vulnerable... Like, I, I find loneliness as a subject, or at least people in society... Hmm. Owning that there's loneliness, it, yeah. it, it's it's a vulnerable thing to share. Yeah. Because you'll get, why are you lonely? <gasps> yeah. Or, or, or someone trying to heal you and say, like, there's a lot of reasons not to be lonely. Yeah. Hmm. Like, yeah. The, the word loneliness was, I replaced it with solitude. And wow. It had, and it had a different impact in my body when I would what caused you to make that shift because I think it's a beautiful shift but what what was the impetus just changing the word loneliness into solitude loneliness was more coming from a lack uh-huh and the solitude was coming more from I'm choosing to be with myself right now mm. yeah one is uh, kind of almost like a victim of, and the other is a desire to have. Yeah, I don't like mm. when you use the word victim, though, because in a way, it it feel it feels uh, degrading if someone does have that experience of loneliness. Yeah, I guess I just was hearing how you. I'm, I'm kind of projecting onto you at this moment and seeing how you've shifted a lot of your uh, thinking patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and um, and it's always limited. So I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wow, we sound like authorities. Did we? <laughs> not, I didn't think not, so. Not at all, not at all. I was thinking, really? <laughs> no, I mean, when I look at my life, you know, you chose this theme. Our guest today didn't show up. and I chose a theme. You chose this theme. Really? Yeah, don't you well, remember? Half a year ago. You chose it, but you said when the guest didn't show up, I said, what do you want to do on Wednesday? And you said loneliness. Oh, but because that was one of the options you gave me. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> Oh, fascinating. Okay. Yeah, I just have it on a list of like 20 subjects we can talk on any given day. Well, yeah. let's just get one thing straight. Yeah. During COVID, it's one of the underlying themes for a lot of people, especially yeah. people that are single, foreigners living in the Netherlands without family here. Yeah. You're in a... I, I, I believe that, that people weren't aware how much they were relying on community to give them a sense of place and comfort and feeling of belonging. Yeah. So with COVID and not being able to meet, it confronted all of those things people probably weren't even aware of in themselves. That's yeah. what I would think. Yeah, and, and I would say I, I danced in that realm 
quite a quite a bit during COVID. What do you mean by that? Oh, that I have felt the impact of loneliness, especially as soon as we had the contrast. And remember, beginning of two thousand twenty, yeah, just before COVID, I was hugging. I just came out of the space of hugging twelve people a day. Yeah, and I mean, just for reference for people, right? Th- that was an amazing because you were randomly with people on the street, in even the gym, in, in the, the supermarket. Gym. Like you just say, "Can I have a hug?" Or would you? W- would it be okay? I, I was like, "Do you want to share a sixty-second hug with me?" Yeah, and uh, it, so you went from that, yeah, to completely. And you, I don't know if you recall, but I told you. I wanted to do a show on touch. And you said, Andy, it's too emotional for me. We can't do that show. Mm. Like that's how raw that subject was for you when we, uh, when I first brought it yeah. as a possibility. Yeah. I, I would, I would say now I, I could very easily go into that. That was maybe one of the only shows. No, not, even, no, not even knowing what would come out of it. Yeah. Actually. But you know, that was, if, if if people realize the type of subjects that you would take on, like you'll take on the most drastic subject, which is for most people listening, like, wow, I would never feel comfortable discussing that online, you know, for you talking about sexuality or whatever you talk about. So for you to say, Andy, that subject is so raw. I don't even know how I can, how I can manage to work through an hour of it. That's pretty, that's pretty incredible. I, I think back then, you would have had me in tears for 45 yeah. minutes of the hour, right? <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. Skin hunger. Yeah. When, when I look at loneliness in my life, I really had, uh, it was, I would say, my Achilles heel uh, throughout my 30s. Because once I, I moved to Vienna to live and work, I I got absorbed in accomplishing and being successful in business. And in in that journey, I was totally losing touch with myself. And what I saw was that the quietness of my own thoughts was impossible to be with. And and I often equated that with death. So the quietness for me was always like this little gateway to the fear of death because there was that always that thought in my head, eternal non-existence, eternal non-existence. I know these words were just repetitive in my brain. Mm. And since I was so fearful of death, the quiet would often lead me there. And what I would do in order to not feel that is I would occupy my schedule morning to night yeah and having people over your house all the time yeah things booked it's funny but even before you started talking i had to think about the show we did on death and what 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 brought that up what was the oh just when 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 someone is isolated not by choice yeah it, would it be safe to say that that is loneliness? I I always think it's how one experiences it. Okay. So, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And then I'm moving away from death, but in and then in uh-huh. that space, that individual will get confronted by everything that they haven't looked at. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I I can't assume that everybody who allows that empty space in their head will go to death because some people are okay with that. They've made peace with that. <clears throat> some people in that quiet part of their brain are the images that come up might be a parent relationship that's, that's still not healed or uh, even, even assaults, right? A rape or something that's really almost on a very low level, like conscious where I've tried to push it down so much that if I give any space for it, it's like oxygen, it'll like a fire. It just, it just, just takes off. Mm. So I do see that for me, my journey through loneliness was making peace with everything that came up in the quiet. 
And back to your initial point, what I noticed is that my loneliness turned into solitude. So I love the transition that you that you mentioned in your uh, in the start of the show. Yeah, and I love solitude, as you probably know. Yeah, which people weirdly, when we're on the show, I often have people say, "Well, you're such an extrovert. You 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 seem to to like or desire a lot of contact," and and that's also true. But I want my four to five hours of time just to myself. And I see in those quiet times, like I connect back to just feeling and being present and just sensing where I am and where my body is. And, and that, that, so that, that solitude is something that I really, uh, I, 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 it's a, uh, it's like if it comes at the cost of my solitude, then I don't do it. Mm. That's what I've, I've seen in my life. So if too many things happen all at once, I start setting boundaries. Do you look at something Bolalong said because you smile? No, I'm yeah. smiling because, I mean, I do spend a lot of time alone in, during these weeks, mm. just working from home. Okay. And I've got my alarm on now. It goes off every two hours and I just take 15 minutes to, to do breath work. It's been quite an essential part to, to ground whatever I'm feeling. Mm. And, but on, on that side, if I am going to socialize and someone says to me, hey, let's go for a walk in the, in the park or in the forest, I'm like, no, I want to go in the park for a walk in the city and be around people. Uh-huh. Like, I get such a joy from walking and just being around people observing and and feeling that vibe even if i'm not talking to people wow i just want to be around people i don't want to be around nature yeah that's nice it doesn't excite me and someone invited me to go for a long beach walk and i said that really doesn't excite me <laughs> and then they saw me on, in, on, on... Are you oh, oh, i was gonna say i invited <laughs> you to go on a long beach walk you're talking about me one week later <laughs> they saw on social media that you and me were on a, on a whole day walk yeah and they said so you don't like beach walks so oh, yeah, this is one of the <laughs> your fan club of women who are unhappy that you're not saying yes to their invitations i got it oh uh, uh, you don't like beach walks yeah that was a fun day, actually. Yeah. I think we laughed so much. I mean, the funniest part was you running into the ocean and, and me running in in my underwear right after you and getting up to my knees and running back out again because it was so <laughs> fucking cold. My feet were freezing. That, that's how cold it was. Like, I, my feet went numb. How you did that, I don't know. <sighs> it's called forceful. It's called the Wim Hof method. <laughs> I can't relate to a bulalang. Yes. Thank you. I can't relate to loneliness. When I'm alone, I am fine by myself. And I'm with people. I'm also fine with them more so when they are few. And I can connect with them. Yeah. However, I think I'm leaning towards enjoying time with myself that, than with crowds. I'm wondering also mm. if, if it's also an age thing. I, I certainly can imagine that. I mean, if you look at the as we progress... Not saying that you're old, Bulala. He's, he's old. He's old. He's, he's retiring soon. <laughs> um, if you think about it, I, I, I can only imagine that at certain phases of life, you're more like in my 30s, I used to go out with a group in Vienna and go skiing every weekend. And half of the reason for me to go out was so I could meet girls, maybe get a girlfriend, maybe get married, you know. So there was a there was a desire, a craving for something that community would allow me. Mm. And now there in time as I got older and needed less from the outside, I found that there was certainly far more peace inside and I didn't need to go out for distraction. Yeah. It, it, by the way, it also was in my health. So I was, I, you know, I had real health issues when I lived in Vienna because my body was so depleted because in always pushing myself for, for contact, I wasn't conscious of the, of the consequences to my physical uh, health. So I was unhealthy when I was there. Yeah. I think one time I even went to the hospital and got a transfusion. 
because my body was so depleted from all of the uh, the exhaustion and energy. Yeah. I have no idea where to take this subject. Actually, is that right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm really trying to tune into. Uh, I mean, sharing from a more recent experience. Here's what I'd like for. Can we can we turn this into a shift? Yeah. So just like you said earlier, um, you said. I don't see it as loneliness anymore. I see it as allowing it solitude. Oh, you said you changed from the word the terminology. I, I felt lonely, but now I see I like to be in solitude. The same thing you just said, you said, I don't see where to take this. So I would transfer that into what is it that comes up in me when I think of loneliness right now? Because hmm. that's the question I'm always asking myself. And there's always new thoughts that arise as I'm sitting with it. I'm looking into the camera. What comes up for you? you? And you could say nothing, by the way, obviously. That's not the... What comes up for you when you think of loneliness? When I did have that experience, it would be something that needed to be solved. It wasn't a very comfortable feeling. But go tell me what the experience was, not the abstraction of it. What was the experience? Oh, being single, wanting <sighs> to have intimacy. Um, I'm a, I'm a big, my love language is touch. Mm. So that, that really took me into a space which I didn't want to be in. And what did you learn about yourself in that journey? Because I know how much you struggled without touch. Mm. So what are the things you learned about yourself in that period where you really couldn't touch? What did I learn? I'm not sure if I, if I, maybe I'm going to learn now. Um, I remember, mm. especially in the evenings, if I'm tired, that emotion would come up much stronger. Yeah. And if I'm tired, I'm more, let's say, my willpower to be disciplined around uh, emotional eating or numbing it out with a with a movie. Yeah, I was I was more prone to that, and I needed to find something to hold on to to help me deal with that. Mm. So I had to find uh, a healthy habit, and the only thing I could do was meditation. Mm. Like go inside. Like there were there were days I would come after the podcast, you you wouldn't hug me. Yeah, you were you were COVID potential, <laughs> <laughs> and and I would just want to go to bed at seven mm. p.m. Yeah, just to not deal with it. But at some point, it was like, okay, there's something I need to look at. Yeah, so that was definitely uh, meditation. That's beautiful. So, and, I, and I have to say, I cried so much. Like the moment, it, it, it feels like the moment I would sit down, close my eyes, take a few deep breaths, mm -hmm. it, it was an immediate getting in touch with something that I wasn't comfortable with. And the tears would just come out. Mm. I tense my face and I would have to like do open mouth breathing just to relax into whatever. Mm. And I couldn't rationalize. I couldn't hold on to anything. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't give it a, why is this happening? Yeah. It, apparently it was happening. It just needed to move through me. And I was scared. Yeah. And what, what, what made you scared? It felt, it felt like uh, diving into an unknown. <gasps> Leaving that much space for the loneliness felt scary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, uh, I love the way you fulfill me. 
in that way. Yeah, well, I, mean, I have to feel into myself your words, how they touch me, and that's how I word it. And then came my other interpretation for the show, feeling loneliness, like allowing that to also be there. Yeah. As it, as, and I, and I do remember I, I shared a little bit in the and it's fucking great Facebook group that we yeah. have. I did share a few times the experience and I remember no one should know about this. Yeah. I'm strong. I shouldn't be feeling this. And when I heard those words, I was like, oh, actually, this is something to be shared. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have like mm -hmm. 10, at least 10 people who will acknowledge, hey, that's happening to me too. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when after I did do the posts, maybe there were three comments, but then there were like 10 messages in, because people didn't want to expose themselves to the... Yeah. So, yeah. So that brings me back. It's a vulnerable subject. No one wants to feel that or yeah. even associated with that word. And as you said earlier, if you share it, the initial feeling for others who aren't okay with that, with you having that feeling is to try to solve it for you. Yeah. Let's go out to dinner. Can I help you? Can I bring you something? Like like the immediate is the yeah. desire to fix. Yeah. Oh, and the amount of women that message me. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, e uh, Jessica, she, I, I, I always have a bit confused when I see the yes, name. Hi, Jessica. Yes, yes. Loneliness feels like lost connection with environment, but learned that it seems more the lost connection in and my, with myself. Yes, I find that to be a very powerful statement. Loneliness feels like a lost connection with environment, but learned that it seems more the lost connection in and with myself. Yeah. And I will often say that if I lose connection with myself, I feel lost. <laughs> if I'm not grounding, and what I mean grounding is being okay and comfortable with being present with what's going on in that moment, mm. then I see I'll go into my head to try to figure it out and solve it because it just is the discomfort of not knowing or the chaos. So what I'll, and I don't know, I'm trying to connect this to see how loneliness maybe does or doesn't play into it, but uh, it feels more like it's just overwhelm, the sense of overwhelm when things get way too much, which I'm pretty good at managing in my life at the moment, but it's happened here and there, but yeah. Um, I would be curious to ask, and I think probably it goes back to, again, the same theme that you mentioned before. Am I feeling lonely or am I experiencing solitude? Oh, I, I can distinguish them as an experience. Yeah, I can as well. As you say it, yeah. I can experience them. I, I'd say nowadays, I, it's very infrequent that I feel lonely. I do feel a degree of, I want, you know, I walked on that beach for 140 kilometers and a lot of that was alone. And I felt a really deep sense of solitude. Like there was a beauty. I cried one of the, one of the days when I was walking up uh, uh, one of the dunes. And even that now, as I think about it, so, and, and those, those solitude moments are some of the most beautiful moments in my life. I was walking up uh, one of the dunes alone. It was early in the morning, so there was no one for, for a long time to be seen. And then I, uh, the, the song Both Sides Now, Joni Mitchell, I think, is the, is the singer. <laughs> Why do you laugh? Sometimes you come up with songs that I have no clue I've looked at clouds from both sides now from here and uh, uh, and still somehow I, I, the clouds. I, I'm sure illusion. you're kidding. It. Let me let me see the original song. Yes, <laughs> but the the um but the the beauty was a single line that I heard is it was that you really you really don't know clouds at all, hmm. and and it was the power of this beautiful sunrise coming up and then this song and then looking at the beauty. It was that is it what I what I dawned on me at that exact moment in that solitude was that there were so many things 
in the Netherlands that I had not allowed myself to see till that till that moment. Wow. And uh, and and I think in some in some beautiful way, without that solitude, these these sort of incredible moments that totally reshape your life are less likely to occur. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's in the empty space that emergence will often occur in my own experience. I, I get that with my morning workouts, right? Yeah. Normally, um, so I, I tend to train around 6 a.m. Now I have a group of people who join me. So now I need to train an hour before. So that you can train with them as well. Well, I, I guide them more than than training when I'm with them. Yeah, but but there 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 is an aspect that I'm trying to like today. It was snowing in the morning. We had a snowstorm. Okay, uh, so I got screenshots of the weather forecast from people. Like I'm not coming today. <laughs> oh really? Fair weather friends, we call those zombies. So, so so only as my yeah. only my friend Yasmin joined. Oh yeah, but it was funny because when I went out today because we had the spring and I had this hard contrast from one day to the next, mm-hmm. I was like, how did I get through the winter? Because I've been training every day in the winter, outdoor, yeah. in the dark. And talking about the solitude, there, there's this aspect of when you're training in the dark and there's no one out there and it's cold and your body's uncomfortable, you you start to get in touch with something which is close to death mm. because in a way uh, as as dear wim hof says the cold can be your friend but it can also be fatal yeah and like I, I hold my breath when i think about the extremes of those moments in time mm. and, and you look at this and now in holland we can also see the stars if you if you've noticed so there's yeah. there's all these little nuances that you don't know. I don't notice anymore when the six a.m. group comes. Yeah, yeah, including the connection with myself because I'm busy with everyone else. Yeah. When you're alone at five a.m. doing a workout in the dark, <sighs> and you're there's a lot of solitude there. Yeah. Would would you say that those have always been moments of solitude, or could, what? I, what I want to know is, do you in the past would you feel lonely in those moments as well, or was it the moments when you got home at night and you were totally ex- exhausted? At night, at night, at night, definitely. At night, I want to come home. I I want to have a love at home waiting for me, or mm-hmm. whatever that we're meeting and we're sharing love and. Like I'm smiling because when you sometimes say, oh, the show's over, I need to go downstairs, Ronnie is waiting for me for dinner, that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what she says to me? She says, why are you always using me as an excuse? (laughs) Too fucking right. (laughs) (laughs) I love Neil Vanderland. He is... He's an American for sure. No, he's <laughs> of course <laughs> Vanderlan. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He, he he's like a, a really beautiful balance of of vulnerability and yeah. groundedness. Have you met Neil or is it... yeah? Of course, I, I, oh, okay. I photographed his engagement. And, oh, but beautiful! And he's also coming to my house on Saturday for lunch with his. Fiance. Oh, wonderful. So Neil Vanderland says, maybe an interesting subject is feeling lonely while not being alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I recognize this. Very clear. On Saturday mornings, Neil, during the COVID period, I go to this organic market. It is packed. It doesn't even feel like COVID. And everyone seems to be in clusters. And I just don't feel, I feel excluded. And sometimes I just want to mm-hmm. go in and out. So I don't have to deal with what it brings up in me. And I would say it brings up in me loneliness. Or mm. that's what that's the feeling I used to get from it. And mm. Neil says an example might be taking care of someone and therefore disregarding your own mental health. 
Yes, also. I see two different points there. I'd like to touch the first as well. Maybe an interesting subject is feeling lonely. Well, not. one of the best quotes, you know how there's memes that get thrown around the internet. You never quite know if they've ever really been said by the person that they're attributed to. Well, one of them was by Robin Williams. And it was always, you know, I've never felt so alone as when I'm in a group feeling alone. That was the summary of it. And just just mm. slow down a bit. Let me feel that. Never have I felt more alone when I'm in a group feeling alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that essence of that was after my mom um, was killed by the drunk driver. I would go into groups and not share the 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 despair I was in. And so I was pretending not to be alone in that suffering. And then around me, I'd see the happiness or the, you know, just the, the distraction, the party or whatever was going on. Yeah. And I, and I'd feel like, you know, exponentially the loneliness because it would be like, now I'm in an environment which appears to be happy, happy-go-lucky fun and everything, and I'm dying inside. And uh, and I couldn't, I didn't know how to ask for help, so I just felt even more lonely. Mm. And then got to the point where I would even weirdly have the feeling of resentment towards like the family that didn't even know how much I was suffering, right? Because they course, should have seen you. They should have seen me. And of course, when you're suffering, you you make it about you. You, know, you don't even think about the other people's suffering. <laughs> so egocentric on whether like, oh, don't you see my suffering as if they're not also suffering? So, so the paradox was, if you had shared your suffering back then, yeah, you would have discovered that they were suffering as just as much mm-hmm. because they lost a sister, yeah, or whatever, and you could have created the thing that you were longing for. Yeah, that would. Well, what I thought was. One of the most beautiful moments was in the in the second book, The Wounded Healer. Uh, there was the journey that I took to my relative, who was one of the people who... Chapter 50. <laughs> he was one of the people who I had blamed or blamed, you know what I mean, uh, that who, I, who I felt unseen by. Hmm. And in the session, I was very open about the pain and about my own inability and, and my struggle. And then he, he basically, uh, he just said something very beautiful, you know, like, you know, he said as a father and there were several other fathers in the room. He said, I'm sorry, you had to go through that. And I wish I could have supported you better. And it was exactly the thing that I would have wanted to have heard at that age. But like we just said, as I couldn't ask for it, then, Mm. um, then uh, he couldn't also meet me there. Yeah, brings tears to my eyes. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was one of the hardest uh, emotional sessions for me. Right. Yeah. I also wrote a letter to death in that session, and then I gave it to a man who was dying of pancreatic cancer. After I finished writing it, I just I didn't you know I didn't write it for him. I wrote it for me, but I just wrote the. The, the connection and then um and yeah he he eventually died yeah. but his wife wrote me and told me how appreciative she was of the connection i made because he was able <clears throat> to be more vulnerable after our connection yeah <clears throat> and then this other thing where where neil says an example might be taking care of someone and therefore disregarding you i would see that as just self-sacrifice and I think um, when self-sacrifice is done without a consciousness around it, then a lot of times we just lose connection. And I think that goes back to Jessica, Jessica, Jessica's uh, point, which is that if we're not connected to what we are and who we are and why we're doing what we're doing, then all of a sudden we get lost and we feel then disconnected and lonely. That's often the consequence that I've seen. So, how, how does that land for you, Neil? Yeah, put it in the comments. He also made another comment. I don't know, or maybe in relationship where you feel you are the only one working on it. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Unfortunately, 
on the on Neil on your second point, I would love for people to feel lonely there. What I've seen, unfortunately, is that it usually turns into resentment towards the other person because they're not giving them what they need. So uh, loneliness would be the desire, and it is what the person is actually feeling. It usually manifests itself in blame. Mm. That's just been my my experience in that. And then Bola along writes again. Bambos, with me, I would like to develop a natural need to connect with us without reminding myself that there are people that I have to touch base with. I don't remember what the reference was. Well, I think in general, whenever I call, <clears throat> I called Bola Long on his birthday to wish him a happy birthday. And he kind of just said, Andy, I don't give a shit about my birthday. <laughs> and I'm like, Bola Long, it's a reason to celebrate. It's a reason to connect, to show appreciation for who you are and what you do and how you show up in the world. And he's like, yes, but I don't necessarily have that as a need. Like every day is my birthday. It, I, in a way, I'd like that to be that kind of feeling. So um, in, in the interaction with a, with a person like Bolalong, I do feel like he sort of sees through so much of the absurdity in the world that it's also him reintegrating himself into what, what he'd see the game is. Mm. And I speak in on Bolalong. I love having him. He's not here, so he can't defend himself. But I often sure, feel sure like... Should we call him and say happy birthday? Exactly. <laughs> we'll sing him. We'll make him crazy. But I mean, what I feel with, with him is that he really does th see through a lot of the crazy. But I also would then say, and I say this cautiously, that uh, Bolalong... I would welcome him. I, I want to be very gentle in this to embrace the fact that we do live in a world that has so much absurdity. Why not invite the, the, the bonus in? And, and I difference for me was at some point I'd always say, I, it's my birthday. I don't, I'm not interested. Don't talk. You know, it's not important, not important, not important. And one day I'm like, hold on. Everyone makes a big deal about this. This is fun. And then I just started like going to restaurants, say, hey, it's my birthday or whatever, just <laughs> randomly just say, it's my birthday, it's my birthday. And what I saw was there was so much joy and pleasure and people like to, to, to connect with that. So I thought, wow, what, I get the joy of this. Why am I pressing, why am I not enjoying this? That was the, the shift for me. Nice. Yeah. Bulelang. Yeah, Bulelang again. Bulelang. Yeah. I can relate to what Neil Vanderland is saying when one goes to events where there are cliches clicks clicks yeah usually big events yeah that's interesting the conferences where everyone is sort of there like bees bumbling around and you're actually not it's like the the intention of the event is to network but not to create intimate connection yeah like that is a very lonely place for me as well as a photographer, I catch that a lot. Like yeah. people holding their drinks very nervously. <laughs> like, and, like, hi, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> and, and, and just waiting or pretending that they're on their phone. Like mm. those are the moments where I see people on their phones a lot. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they're not with people. And then when they are with people, mm. they might even stay on their phone to, to kind of show a little bit, oh, I'm busy. A safe distance? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll go in, hey, guys, where do you know each other? Like, let's, ah. put, let's put the phones away. Like, you, you don't want to have... You're taking away, like, their, their, their security blanket from them at that moment. Yeah, but I do it in a way of, hey, put the phones away so we can make nice pictures. You yeah. don't want to be on the company website with phone yeah. in your hand. And, and wow. where do you guys know each other? Oh, we don't know each other. Oh, great. Yeah. So let's, let's create some connection here. For some, I'm sure that works. And for others, they're like, I'd rather hide in the shadows, right? Because yeah. I think this is the paradox. Although we long for connection. It's scary as fuck. It's scary as fuck. So we protect ourselves. So the paradox is whatever it is that we want and desire, we're also at the same time afraid <clears throat> of it. I've learned that also in the dating world. Like uh -huh. women saying, I long for a deep and loving connection. And all of a sudden... Like with the first encounter, at least with me being very grounded in what I want, mm. there's a running away. And and no, Neil, it's not because I'm bold. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I just see, oh, shit, mm. I'm actually getting what I want. No, I'm, I might lose it. And yeah. woof. So. 
Yeah, that sort of goes a little bit to that interesting, I mean, although it's a tangential connection to like the money work from Peter Koenig, because as Peter will say, if we don't have a healthy relationship with money, even when we earn it, we're pushing it away. So so it's funny because it, I equate that back to yeah. your relationship. So well, you, you always, even when I'm in a healthy relationship, I sabotage it. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah. Okay. Next. Jessica. Yes. It's very interactive. Though. I'm liking this. I love this. Great how Bullang has a healthy strategy. I learned the idea I am not worthy and that creates lost connection with myself. Mm. I learned the idea I'm not worthy. She learned the idea that she wasn't worthy. So she had that limiting belief or whatever that, uh, that, that thought in her head. Mm. And she lost connection with herself. The way back was ditching that idea over and over again, and then rehabilitate the inner connection by rejecting my self-rejection, plus practice self-love as a verb. Mm. So if I hear what Jessica said and go back to what I was mentioning earlier on the podcast, when I said that empty space in my head was so unbearable that I would go to distraction. Yes. And what I hear her saying here is that the empty space for her was, well, maybe it was created through this lost connection. I'm trying to see. Mm. But the idea of her projecting it on herself that she's not worthy. So I guess she can validate this, I'm sure. But the idea would be, in her case, I'm hearing that she, in that quiet space, was hearing herself say, you're not worthy, you're not valuable. And then she allowed herself the possibility to accept that that was part of her and then love it to the point it wasn't an issue anymore. Mm. So, because I think that was the idea when we talk about um, self-love, it's not saying we're not that. It's saying we're also that and it's okay. Yeah. The first step is though, acknowledging that, that, so let's say we've learned the subject of loneliness, like actually acknowledging, hey, I'm having this experience. Yeah, I'm lonely. If, if we're not acknowledging it, there's probably some uncomfortable feeling that we're not able to name yeah. or don't want to name or even look at. And then there's the Netflix for like two, yeah. three hours of binging and yeah. eating. And then, oh, I'm tired. And then pass out next day, repeat. Yeah, yeah. So the a coping, a coping mechanism. The first step is actually okay. There's there's certain addictions that I have, and those addictions are high cover. And I'm talking about my past, yeah. are covering up things which I'm not dealing with, and it's painful. Yeah. When you when you had your rough period during COVID of feeling this overwhelming loneliness, yeah, and you started to go to the mindfulness meditation practices to begin to create connection and peace inside of yourself. I, I'm, I'm curious again to ask the same question I asked before. You're talking about the breath work. The breath work yeah. or however you started to re, did you start to see what was underneath that, that, uh, that feeling of loneliness? Did you start to feel like, like connection to something bigger that you started to see in yourself? So I'm, I, I saw that I was working Okay, I was I was thinking of my bank account not being in a in a space in a place where I wanted it to be. Yeah, my sex life was not in a place I want. Like there was nothing in a way that that was fulfilling me, and I was just desperate. Yeah. Okay. And it came to a point where I came home from the training, and not even that was making sense to me. Like I didn't want to do that again. The training meaning the, your morning my, my, workout. My my morning workout like. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. Like the, the, the thing that I do every day to ground me. Doesn't work anymore. Doesn't work anymore. Ugh. And I thought, oh, God, I can end my life right now. Yeah. And I didn't feel the space in me. Like, what are my options? And I thought, oh, go to a doctor. They're going to give me drugs. Do I talk to Andy? Do I uh, like there was nothing outside of myself that could help me. And then I thought, sit down and, and do, do some breathing. Mm. Like I had to go inside. 
Yeah. And I remember as soon as I made contact with the, the floor and I started to breathe, I started to do the, uh, a breathing technique because I have the app on my phone and I just wanted to switch off my brain and just let it guide me mm-hmm. where it was breathing four counts, hold breath for seven, breathe out eight. And I did this for 45 minutes. And I remember coming out of it. My legs were numb. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find the thing that was bothering me. Oh, nice. Yeah. There was a story I had been, there was a narrative I've been telling myself. So nothing changed in my life out externally, but internally, it felt like through the breathing, the I was breathing into places potentially that were not getting enough in-breath because of the shallow breathing of the tension and the stress. Yeah. And the stress was contracting my body. And really, there was so much tightness that there was no breath. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the third day of, I said, I'm going to do this for 100 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's, let's, let's do this. And then I started feeling pain in parts of my body, which I didn't, like there was a release. Wow. And I, I, I have to say, the, the development has been quite remarkable. Where uh, end of this week will be week four of doing it 100 minutes a day. Uh, so it's very recent, actually. And the best discovery I've had was through the breath, there's a space for creativity. So it feels like I'm not looking to survive anymore, but I'm looking to thrive. Mm. And I, I, I'm I'm still blown away by a little bit like when you go for your walks and I'm doing my my meditation. Mm. It it feels like it's been the best. Like, why the hell did I do this sooner? So now yeah. I'm bringing the breath work also into my workouts. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it feels like it's a part of life. Yeah, yeah. That's what I with the walking. I think. I'm on 50 some odd days now of walking 10,000 steps a day at least. And, uh, mm. and I see that I look at a day very differently now. Yeah. Like a day is, is not, I need to do whatever. I, it's like my to-do list is not the thing that I wake up to like I used to. I wake up to when am I gonna get out to do my walk? And then how do I just around it? So I see my efficiency is much higher because I do the things I need to do so I can get to the walk yeah. instead of, you know, maybe procrastinating or what am I going to do? So there's a lot more, there's a lot more just, just, uh, t- and I also noticed another thing is if I don't have a direct response to say an email, like I'll let it sit for a day or two. Mm. I'm not, I'm not trying to live at the behest of my inbox to get it clean Mm. and 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 i might have responded to every email that came in i don't respond to every email that comes in like i'll maybe there's a message i sent you still no i'm just kidding yeah (laughs) yeah but that's a good example right um yeah and these are just tools and and to what degree can they also become yeah, I, I actually don't. I don't see these two habits that we're we're experiencing right now. It's not something to hold on to. Apparently, it's what's working. It's right what's now. working for us now. Yeah, and what I would say is that it allows me to stay connected, so yeah. that I go more into solitude and not into loneliness. Yes. So that's that. That's that's the thing that I'm sensing. Even writing this book, right? Yeah, I told you yesterday I started writing again, and in writing. When I used to write, I would be like, I got to write, I got to write, I got, it was like much more of a, like, like an energetic uh, uh, drive. drive. Yeah. And now I just see, I wake up or I, I wake up a little bit earlier, I write my chapter and then, and then maybe I don't even finish it, but I'm like, oh, it's time to walk right now. So there's not even the priority of, I need to get this done before I can do the next thing which has often been something that just my mental required. Like, oh, if I'm on a streak, I got to continue the streak 
because who knows when I come back, maybe I won't be able to continue. Yeah. And, and I've let go of that, which has also allowed me to stay more in connection mm. in this process. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's been nice. There's there's also one more thing. When you, so let's say in my case, I've invested 100 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, there is no space in my life to for emotional eating anymore. Because oh, yeah. like I even go to the supermarket and I'm looking at, um, I, lo I love pizza. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's, it's, it, and e even when I've said I'm going to give myself a cheat day, I'm waiting for it. It hasn't come up yet because it feels like it's it's even something that I said I should cut myself some slack, but I don't feel the need to even give that to myself. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not withholding it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know, I've been doing the intermittent fasting now, I think for three weeks. And what I've seen is that having more control over my own eating patterns and feeling the tension of my body wanting and not succumbing to it is another thing that connects me closer to me. I feel my body more. I mm -hmm. sense my body's needs more. And there's a, certainly a degree to which it's not only a mental a mental uh, construct of feeling lonely or not lonely, there's a degree to which it's also a bodily function of, like you said, when I'm tired, I also feel the helplessness and the weakness, they show up more. Mm. Yeah, we have some more comments that I don't know if you've seen. There was bowl along. Starting connections always has a risk of finding that the connection is not worth starting, or even the other person finding, finding it. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to connecting with people nowadays, I tend to be very, very much myself early and not play any any game but i've never known you to no, i never that. have but i would <laughs> let's just say like there's a woman on that that wanted to j join a show of a wonderful chaos and and i quickly said to her you know hey i met your husband it sounds like your husband's trying to push you into things i'm not even sure if you want to be doing this right like it was a very a quick let's discuss this and i and and by the end of this very short call with her, she just said, I really appreciate you. Mm. And I could see that that wasn't necessarily something I think she says often. And there was just a beauty of being able to meet in the space of dialogue because fully showing yourself makes it much easier for other people to, of course, fully show themselves. Yeah. So I agree with you, Bola Long. I would suggest that to the degree that I've seen myself comfortable being vulnerable, there's a higher likelihood that people meet me there. And still, it doesn't mean that you want them to be part of your life, by the way. No. In fact, the more they meet me there, the more it's like, why do we need to do anything more than stay in this connection? It's like a friend. I know how it is for you, but I'll have friends I won't talk to for three or four or five years. And when we talk, it's just about being in connection and sharing appreciation and love. Yeah. As opposed to trying to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like as if, oh my God, I'm sorry we didn't talk or like taking- Tell me what I've missed. Or, yeah, or being guilty that we didn't call all those years, yeah. Yes, says, the idea of not being worthy creates a void, big void, endless one. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the thing that we talked about was that everyone has the thing in the void that they're trying to avoid <laughs> the, the the empty feeling that we want yeah. to fill up and how and how and the the, the thing is is it, it's kind of interesting because each person's each person's avoidance in the void is different each person has a different thing and i'm sure it changes as well over time but yeah i can imagine that that's what that's what i noticed in myself so it's not a big surprise that sh that yes has a similar experience yeah. So I've always I've always said that time is one of the biggest gifts you can give to the people around you. Mm -hmm. And I, I've I've also I mean through this podcast one of the themes that comes up you are who you surround yourself with right. 
That's a big topic we brought up. Yeah. Yeah. The influences of people around you has a big impact on how you experience the world, what you see and how you kind of the vibration that you're carrying into it. Yeah. So, so in a way I've also become very selective with, I mean, I've done that for a very long time actually, which will result that you don't get a lot of choice of just because. And I think when I was in my 20s, it would be a case of bringing everyone in. Oh, yeah. Even ones that were not serving. And I, and again, I do think it's an age thing, by the way. I would agree, yeah. Because at some point, I, I do see that my my levels of energy to, to just give everywhere is, is not there anymore. Mm. But, and, I, and I, so I would say if we looked at like two dimensions, one is the size of the group the greater the size, my experience is the more impersonal it becomes. Yeah. So that's the reason why I'm always in my coaching. Intimacy. The intimacy with a one-on-one is always feels richer from me, which is why I like smaller groups. Yeah. And I think Bola Long in his comment alluded to that as well. Yeah. And then the age is equated for me with the not need for things outside of myself. Because as you're younger, as I said, you need networks and getting business connections and getting this and getting that and finding a girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever the journey is, it's far more dependent on Mm. connections with others. And as you have a child or you have, you know, a partner or you have, you know, going to retire, you're not as, as requiring uh, that network to serve whatever it is you're trying to achieve in your life. Mm. They do say though, that people who live in community live longer have a sense of community. Yeah. Ronnie reminds me of that all the time. <laughs> hint, hint. Yes. Uh, it would be fun to uh, see if Poland wants to live in community with you. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I'll visit you guys. I mean, uh, South Africa would be a place I'd consider living. Yeah. Jessica, interesting to see the risk seems not personally. If the connection is not worth starting, even though you are as a person seems to be okay, that is great. Do you get that? I don't understand that statement. Interesting Interesting. to see the risk seems not personally. It must have been in reference to somebody who spoke. If the connection is not worth starting, even though you as a person seem to be okay, that is great. I have a hard time dissecting, so. Yeah. Jessica, you'll need to give us a little bit more. I think I'll project onto it, so let's not do that. Yeah, I can't even. uh, Yeah, I'll interpret too much. Yeah. Mm. You know, you said when I, you know, we talked about uh, the title for the show, just to go back to that as a final point. And I, and I wrote it as feeling loneliness. Yeah. And then I had the impression you didn't like that title name. Was that true? Or was it, what was, what was your feeling when you saw that title for the show? I don't remember not feeling good with it. Oh, I, I didn't know if it was like feeling loneliness as allowing it to be there or feeling loneliness. Oh, funny. Oh, that's what you said <laughs> earlier. I didn't get it the first time. Oh, yeah. So I, I saw that there was two, <sighs> two, two ways of looking at it. That's beautiful. I wish I was that clever and I actually had thought that before. <laughs> but you're right. I saw it. As the, I think it, the, 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 um, the positive, if there is not a positive or negative, but the feeling loneliness, like we're going to spend an hour feeling loneliness, yeah. not the, not the, I'm feeling loneliness. Yeah. that <laughs> it, It's definitely an experience, a human experience. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the quintessential human experiences. If you look at like most people when they're from that age of 13 to 19 in that formative age, when they're just leaving the security of mom and dad and trying to create themselves into whatever identity they become, there's a sense that I I don't know who I am and I'm I'm figuring it out. And that's a very lonely space. And then there's all the, you know, of course, you've got hormones racing at the same time, but there is a lot of, uh, you know, you see it on almost every every teenage movie from the end of time. There's always the uncomfortable 
teenager that doesn't feel seen, heard, and understood fighting against the parents who don't understand. And then they go into a 10-year drug addiction. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> That's a different show than I watch, yes. Yeah, I have been watching a show, by the way, that I do lately on Prime, Amazon Prime, called Transparent, about a, a, a an adult a father who transitions at, say, 60 or 70 to become a female. And uh, that show has been very, very hard to watch for me. Why is that? Because each individual is so incapable in their own way that you're seeing this sort of, this interplay of all of their incapacities and the pain that they cause everyone else around them because of that. So everyone is suffering in their own way. And because of their suffering, they create suffering in, in the individuals mm -hmm. around them. And, and there's almost no bright spot in that whole, in that whole space. So it's like, so why would, why would you watch it? Well, <laughs> I got to tell you what I got out of it, which has been a very, very beautiful uh, discovery is that in watching it, I started to have a lot more compassion and understanding for somebody that's going through a gender, a gender change. Mm. And we've had uh, someone in our show. Yeah, we've had week. one. We'll have another one in, in two weeks, I believe. And I think we'll have, we'll have, uh, we'll have uh, the, I can't forget the name right now of our guest at the time, but I'm sure we'll have him back as well. But the thing is, is that for me, um, there is a degree to where you allow yourself to feel how hard it is for another person. And by doing that, you gain compassion. And that's what came from me from that show. Mm. The, the struggle one would have living in a society that doesn't know how to, uh, to adjust to something that isn't in the spectrum of what's considered normal. So I've even from this, I've had far more awareness of these pronouns that I've never felt connected to the, the, you know, how, how the gender identification, he, him, or she, her, or whatever the, yeah. whatever those pronouns are that, and I started to see that there is a degree to which just by using those pronouns, you're showing, um, you're showing support. love and support for nice. people who are, who are, um, or who are feeling very alone actually in the world. You know, the, the challenge that I've faced in it is not that I don't want to be compassionate. It's the, um, these very strong liberals that start to attack as being ignorant and stupid. And, and, and I never want to do anything in my life from the reaction of somebody forcing me to do something. Cause that just doesn't feel like, uh, any, anything that I want to, uh, want to respond to. I'd rather do it from a place of compassion and love because then I'm doing it because I want to do it, not because I've been forced to do it. So that, so that, 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 that uh, reason why I share the story is because through allowing myself to watch it, I've been able to feel the loneliness that someone would feel in doing the gender transformation. That was it. And, uh, so in a way, uh, these films where they represent a real realized, you know, somebody's going to be part of it. That's, that's narrated for, for the storyline, but you begin to really have a sense of what it would feel like to have to go through such a transition, have to, or to, to work through that transition in your life. Yeah. It's Transparent. If you haven't seen it on Amazon prime. Yeah. I mean, I also have to think then of uh, people that like children that, Oh, I'm I'm attracted to someone of the same sex. Mm. Oh, and now I need to figure out how I'm going to tell my parents, and how many years does that even take? Yeah. Sometimes that's a big lonely space, of course. And then yeah. depending on the culture and yeah, like in some countries you can be killed. Yeah. So yeah, I um, yeah that loneliness would be insane, and that's why they have hotlines and they have people that you can reach out to and so on. But in a way, you you. It's almost like it's really hard to feel into the depth of that loneliness when it's not the kind of loneliness you have. That's what I see over and over again. It's like, yeah, I, my mom was killed. I felt like I could commit, could commit suicide for years. So I know what loneliness feels like, 
but I don't know what it feels like to be judged by society or to feel like at any given moment someone might punch me because they feel uncomfortable about how I've chosen to live my life. Like that, mm. that I haven't had that, that experience on the, in that way at all. Yeah. And that's what I learned from the show. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Beautiful. So Bambos, we're at the end of our hour. And where we're going to do that, Andy? Oh, stop that. <laughs> You're killing me. With your... So guys, we're going to see you tomorrow. And so much more. So much more. On. A wonderful chaos. Chaos it is. Chaos is. Chaos. Wonderful. It is. <laughs>